I wanted to, I want to share a message this morning that will hopefully speak to all of us, but a, a message as well as you, as, as you start uh, your time with us, Mandolin to Neil. And it's simply called stepping into the unknown because all of us at this moment are doing, we're going in a place that we've never been before. We're doing something that we've never done before, something you've never done before. It's the first time Mandela's flown on a plane. It's the first time he and Tennille have been into, into Wales. So this is all relatively new, all unknown to us. But the scriptures can encourage us in understanding, into stepping into those areas that we ourselves are not clear on. So let's go into Matthew chapter 14. Those of you that have your Bibles, physical or electronic, Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 33. And we're going to read a very familiar text, one that most of you will know. Maybe even if you're not a regular churchgoer, you probably know this account. And it's the account where Jesus walks on water. And so it, uh, Matthew 14, verse 22 to 33, it says, says this. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm speak, going to speak a little bit quicker today so I can uh, finish uh, on time. But it says this, verse 22. Immediately, he made his disciples get into the boat. And so this is just after they'd fed the 5,000. Get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. And in, uh, in, other, in some of the other Gospels, in Mark's Gospel, it says that Jesus was about to... Um, pass them by. Um, and we, what we note is that he was going to pass them by, but he wasn't going to bypass them. Okay, so, he was, so this is all about faith. Um, and in, yes, but when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water and came to Jesus. And when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. And today, really, his message is about embracing the power of Pentecost, embracing the power of Holy Spirit, because we know that we cannot do things by ourselves. Anything that is of eternal value, we cannot do absent or divorced of God, divorced of Holy Spirit. And, and if we are going to do things that are of eternal worth, we need the power, the presence, and the enabling of Holy Spirit in everything that we do. Because as believers, we are called, believe it or not, Mandel and Tennille are, are, are a sort of immediate example, but all of us are called to step out of our comfort zone. 
God doesn't, how many of you know God doesn't keep you in a, in a comfortable place? God doesn't always send you or call you to do the things you enjoy doing. Sometimes we find ourselves in places, situations that are very, very uncomfortable. But the thing is this, even though we are in a place that is unfamiliar to us, even though we may be afraid, even though we might be a little scared and reticent, it's okay. It's okay to have that, that sense of being afraid, that sense of, uh, uh, of, of being scared, because what that does is it reminds us that of ourselves, we're going to fail, but we need the Lord Jesus Christ. We need Holy Spirit working in us. You see, it's okay to be uh, scared, but it's not okay to live in fear. You see, fear will paralyze you. Fear will hold you back and stop you from entering into the destiny and the purpose that God has got for you. That was a great, te- that's a great uh, testimony, Mandela. Ten years ago, God giving you that, uh, that word uh, to come to Wales. And had you looked at the natural circumstance... Uh, a bit like Peter in the boat, had you looked at the natural circumstance, you may not have been here because fear would have risen up and held you uh, right where you and stopped you from fulfilling your God-given call uh, to, to mission. And so we ca- we, it's okay to be scared, but we cannot allow fear to hold us um, where we are. In the book of Acts, we read about the disciples, and they were huddled in that upper room just after Jesus had returned to the Father. And they were wondering what is going to happen. They'd been with Jesus. They'd lived with Jesus. They'd eaten with Jesus. They'd seen the wonderful and the glorious displays of power. And suddenly, Jesus is gone, returned to the Father, and they are left wondering what is going to happen. How are we going to do what we do. How are we going to do the things that Jesus said? Remember, Jesus had left them and commissioned them, told them to go and share the gospel in the whole world. And I'm sure that they must have been thinking, how are we going to do this? How are we going to uh, proclaim this gospel message? But in that moment we read in Acts chapter 2, we have the coming of the promised Holy Spirit. And in that moment, things were different. In that moment, they were transformed from powerless, from fearful, from weak, from natural men into powerful, God-anointed men and women who would go out empowered by Holy Spirit and transform the world. 120 people in that upper room. And because of their boldness, because of Holy Spirit, at work in them, they transformed the world. And so we, friends, we church, cannot allow fear to hold us back. I don't know what you're fearful of right now, but sometimes, I'll be honest with you, sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm anxious about certain things. I'm anxious about the future. I'm anxious about what God is calling uh, us as, a, as an assembly to do. And I'm saying, how can we do this? How is this going to happen? Resource, ability, gifting, you know, all sorts of things. Um, time. I'm saying, Lord, how can we do this? And I have to recenter and come back to an 
understanding, humble myself, recognizing that if I rely on self, it's never going to happen. But Holy Spirit is the one who enables and equips us to do that which God has put on our hearts. And so we always need to be mindful of him. And so I want to go quickly just some um, ways in which we can, if you like, do it scared. You know, do it scared because fear is not a reason not to do something. Anxiety is not a reason not to do something that God's called you to. What I would say to you is even when you are scared, do it scared. And we can do it scared when we acknowledge our fear. It's okay to admit that we are scared. That doesn't mean that you're less spiritual. You're just being human. You're just being natural. You're recognizing your limits, your natural limits. But we are not a people, a natural people. We are a, a spirit-enabled people who are told, the word tells us, can do far more than we can ever imagine under the power of Holy Spirit. Philippians 4, 6 says this, do not be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Part of their story in terms of Mandela and Tennille coming to us is they didn't have the money for the, for the flights. And Mandela shared with us that he had a day when he just prayed all day to the Lord and without giving the whole story um, from our side God released God released the finance to pay for their tickets but what I love about their story is this is they said even though they at the time they didn't have there was no way they could come there was no way they could afford the tickets the flight tickets in faith they packed up because they trusted God that God was going to make a way. And we are told not to be anxious, but in prayer and supplication, positioning ourselves before God, we are to ask the, 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 the God who provides. Because God is a God who is not just interested in our big things, but he's interested in the very practical and sometimes small things in our lives. He's a generous God who loves to give and loves to provide. And so we acknowledge our fear, but we don't live there. We take it before God and we say, Lord, I can't do this. I can't see how this is going to happen, but I know you. I know what you're able to do. Trust in his promise. Trust in what God has said will happen. The second thing is that we need to step out in faith. Just as the disciples in that upper room stepped out in faith, likewise, sometimes we need to just do it. As I said, do it scared. We might not have the answers. We might not know how it's going to work out every single step. But all we know is that God has called us and God has set a path before us. And we step out and we do it in faith. We do it scared. We step out of our comfort comfort zones we step out of those areas of what we know because when we if we only work in the areas that we know that we that we're comfortable with it doesn't that doesn't require faith because we know we can do it but God wants to move us into a place where we stop relying on self stop looking at our lack and begin to look to him and his ability and what he is able to do and so he calls us to step out in faith 
the world would never have been impacted had those 120 people in that upper room stayed where they were. We also need to be a people that learn to lean on each other. The early church was a community of believers who shared and, and looked and encouraged one another. And as Mandolin to Neil join us, I want to encourage you, church, you know, to, to be an encouragement to them. Check what you are saying. Check the words that you speak over them. We want to encourage them. We want to bless them, even as they are a blessing to us. We need to be a people that support and help one another. They've shared some of the challenges that they've had and will continue to have. But as a body, we can overcome those challenges. We can meet those, those needs. And so we need to be those that lean on each other, recognizing that each one of us has something to bring. In the kingdom of God, there is no surplus to requirement. Every single one of us has a gift um, that, that we bring into the body and, uh, and we can use for the, uh, the advancement of kingdom. We can pray in boldness, ask God for the boldness to do the seemingly impossible. Ask him for courage. John 14, 26 says this, reminds us, but the helper, that is Holy Spirit, um, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that you have said, all that, or all that I have said to you. And so sometimes we find ourselves in a position where we think, how can this happen? How am I going to do this? And we have to bring ourselves back to that place where we said, but you said, Lord, you said. And so we're not here because of our own doing, but we're here because of your plans and your purposes. And Lord, even as you have said, you're the one who empowers and enables. We need to remember that Pentecost was not just an historical event, but Pentecost is still at work in our very present moments. Holy Spirit is still working in the world today. He is still working in us because that's where he's made his dwelling. And so even as Holy Spirit en enabled that early church, he's still the one who enables, equips, and empowers the believers today, empowers you, empowers me to do what we cannot do of ourselves. Holy Spirit, remember the Pentecost power. It is not just an historical event, but Holy Spirit is still at work in the world today. And so just some quick lessons from Peter walking on water or Jesus walking on water, depending on what your focus is. Is it about Peter walking on water? Is it about Jesus walking on water? I like to think it's about Jesus walking on water because the focus should never be on us. Should always be on him, and uh, and it's what we learn from him. And so, in that account of Peter walking on water, the first thing we can learn from that, in terms of stepping into the unknown, is that peace, our peace, our comfort, is not found in the absence of a storm, but in the presence of Jesus. Our peace is not found in the absence of a storm or conflict or trial or tribulation, call it what you will, but our peace is found in the presence of Jesus. When we focus on him, all things become possible. 
when we focus on him, then, our, then we're, not, we're not mindful of our limitations and our weaknesses, but we're mindful of his glory, his greatness, and his power and his splendor. Our focus is should never... You see, when we focus on him, it's a completely different perspective. We get a completely different conclusion when we focus on Jesus because Jesus never ever said the Christian life would be smooth or easy. But he said, keep your eyes fixed on me and I will make the way. I will make a way where there seems to be no way. Secondly, faith requires us stepping into the unknown. And we know this. All of us know this. We're not, you know, all of us like comfort. We like, to be, we like to know what's happening, and sometimes that can be a burden. Listen, let me say to, say to you, you can't always know what is happening. There are going to be situations, moments, and time, circumstances where you are uncertain about what is happening. You can't know all the time everything that is going to happen. And so, you know, we, we need to um, ask God for the courage and the boldness to take the risk of stepping into the unknown. We need to believe that God will guard us and keep us as we step into the seeming spiritual abyss, the unknown. God is able. He's the one who keeps us. The third thing is that without Jesus, we'll sink. We know that. We've already said, I've already said that. Without Jesus, anything that we want to do will come, amount to nothing. We need to understand that we cannot do anything that is of eternal value, divorced, separated, or without Jesus. Our, the eternal value is found in Jesus our strength, our hope is found in Jesus. Without him, we are destined to sink and to fail. And so we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. I remember, again, um, some years ago when the Holy Spirit spoke to me and asked me the question about um, where the calmest point in a hurricane is and showed me that the calmest point is in the center of the storm. You see, in the center, in the midst of our troubles, we can know peace. We can know the comfort of Holy Spirit. When we keep our eyes, when we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, it doesn't matter what's happening around us. We center ourselves on him. And when we look to him, it is well in Jesus' name. And again, here in this account, when we... When we, are, when we are looking to step into the uncertain, our response to Jesus should always be that of worship. It tells us here in the account that when they got into the boat, the wind ceased and they, uh, and they worshipped him. And let me tell you something, our response to Jesus should always be that of worship. Irrespective of what is happening. There's a song that I love at the moment, and it it, it says, um, um, I, um, what it basically says, whatever is is happening, um, um, there's always a reason to praise. 
And that is, that is a truism in the fact that when we fix our eyes on Jesus, it doesn't matter how bad the natural circumstances might be, there is always a nugget or there is always something in the circumstance that will give us cause to praise him. Thank you, Lord, that you're working. In it. Lord, I can't see it right now, but God, I know you're the God of, 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 of pr promise. I know you're the God who is able. I know you're the God of provision. I know you're the God who heals, the God who protects, the God who provides. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know this about you, Lord God. And so knowing what I know about you, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to worship you in the midst of my circumstance. Worship should always be um, our response because when we worship God when we look to Jesus it reminds us not who we are but who he is and it's always about him always about him and lastly when we follow Jesus he will do incredible things in and through us Peter would never believe that he would walk on water uh, until he looked at Jesus. And when he looked at Jesus, the impossible became possible. I can do this. Amen. You know, I can do this. Because his eyes and his heart were fixed on Jesus. And when we fix our focus on Jesus, let me tell you, God wants to, I think someone said it already, God wants to write an incredible story with our lives when we trust him. The, our stories are still being written and God wants by his spirit to write an incredible story of his goodness, of his power, of his favor, of his mercy, of his grace. He wants to write a story where our testimonies are about things that we thought were impossible. Glory to God. Yeah. Hallelujah. God wants to create more walk on water moments in our lives the question is do you believe it do you believe that that's what God wants to do he wants to create those walk on water moments in our lives and Mandela Tenniel Church as we step into this new adventure as we step into the seemingly unknown let it be our prayer Lord I, I don't know, but Lord, I'm excited about what you're going to do. Lord, would you create in me, would you create in us more walk on water moments where we get to see what you are doing and we get to bear witness to your goodness and to your grace and your mercy, your provision. Lord, we thank you that you, Lord God, want to do incredible things in our lives as we step into the unknown. Help us, Lord God, to step into the unknown with a confidence and a boldness because of who you are in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen. Praise the Lord. Lord, we don't know what you're doing, but we know what you've done. Thank you, praise God. Thank you, Father. Praise God.